for all of your Wisconsin Badgers news from the recruiting trail, on the field, and near the rim. This is the Badger Blitz Podcast. If you want to be a Badger, just come along with me by the bright shiny light of the moon. On Overtime Media. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Of course, powered by Overtime Media, this is senior writer Jake Kokorowski. We got editor and recruiting analyst John McNamara on the line as well in the Vivid Seats studio. And of course, use promo code OVERTIME in the Vivid Seats mobile app to save up to $100 on all ticket purchases. Of course, first-time customers only. And John, we'll talk about Wisconsin Northwestern, some takeaways, some questions, especially on the offensive side of the ball after the 24-15 win against the Wildcats. But we're going straight into this. You and I actually started recording the podcast, and we had to stop just going behind the curtain real quick. After we have now two verbal commitments for Greg Gard and his men's basketball team tonight, first, first, Chucky Hepburn, 2021 point guard, number 28 point guard in the nation, number 28, 128th player overall, and then just minutes ago, Matthew Morse, Another three-star kid, highly sought after by Wisconsin for a while, commits to Wisconsin as well. Two big gets for guard and his staff in that recruiting cycle. Yeah, absolutely huge. Um, I think that people thought this was a possibility heading into the weekend. And you know, on the last podcast that we were on, I, I said that I thought Morris is maybe more realistic in comparison to Hepburn, but you know, to get them both um, is huge for the 2021 class. It's, it's huge for the program and it's, you know, it's huge for great garden is recruiting. Um, obviously the things have been, you know, going extremely well for them. They, they landed, um, you know, obviously the, the Davis brothers in, in June, and then you able to even get a guy like Carter Gilmore as a walk on, I think is huge because he's a, he's a really nice piece in that 2020 class. Uh, ben Carlson and Stephen crawl earlier this month. And then, you know, to, to dip it in the 2021 class and, and land, you know, arguably, I don't even think it's arguably your, your top point guard target and Chucky Hepburn and your, your top power forward target, even though I think he's kind of a combo forward, you know, call him what you want. That's just call him a forward. And in Matthew Moore's is huge for, for the program, um, you know, credit Greg Gard and the staff, you know, for identifying those guys pretty early in and locking up their commitments, uh, you know, credit Joe Krabinoff for, you know, starting that relationship with, with Matthew Moore since, you know, really he was in middle school and that, you know, connection South Dakota that they had. So, um, you know, th- this weekend is huge. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a great, uh, it's a great get for Wisconsin. These two guys uh, in, in the 2021 class, which, you know, still has a few more opens in it. So, um, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of people who, who doubted Greg Gardner's ability to, to get it done, you know, not only on the, on the court, but on the recruiting front. And um, this, you know, this month kind of speaks for itself to, like I said, to go out to get Crawl and, and Carlson in 2020 and then, you know, Hepburn and Moores in 2021 is awfully impressive. Um, and just, you know, to get guys this early in the process is huge. You know, these are guys that haven't even played their junior seasons yet, um, you know, where they would most likely attract more offers and, you know, more attention on, you know, obviously during their high school season and then even into their AAU season as well. So, um, you know, big kudos to Greg Garden, that staff. Um who who were able to really you know get get a, the job done this weekend with with two big time targets on on campus? 
Right. And you kind of talked about it, talked about the Jordan Taylor comparison. The question for you, what stands out about Hepburn's skill set in being a Jordan Taylor type player that could be developed further in Greg Gard's system? Yeah, I think he's a, a true lead guard. And, you know, the comparisons to Taylor, um, you know, I think are, are fitting. You know, just the body type, you know, getting a chance to see him this summer at Wisconsin's advanced cameo. You know, he's a stockier guy, but uh, probably a better athlete than he looks. You know, he's a guy that can get to the rim. He can shoot a little bit. You know, he plays defense. Um, but, you know, also he's kind of a pass for first point guard. So, you know, obviously guards saw him uh, at that camp and liked what he saw. Uh, you know, they offered and then they made him a top priority there. So, uh, you know, he does a lot of things very well. You know, maybe a guy that can c- contribute right away just because of where he's at physically um, and, you know, his, his understanding of the game as well. So, you know, Wisconsin needed a point guard in this class. And you know, like I said earlier, he was he was their top target. This was the point guard that they were looking at in 2021 and uh, they locked him up on, on Sunday. And then looking at Matthew Moore's just a similar question with just his skill set. I mean, how long have they really gone after and, and really recruited the South Dakota native and just how has he evolved with his skills that, and, and how could he be used uh, within the offensive system for Wisconsin? Yeah. You know, his skill set is, is really advanced. You know, I think it's been that way um, for a while for him. You know, he's a, he will be a four-year varsity guy, you know, when his, his high school career is all said and done. Um, you know, maybe a guy that matured a little bit earlier than, you know, a lot of the other guys in the 2021 class. But, um, you know, he's he's a little bit more of a, shouldn't say a finished product, but, uh, you know, I think Matthew Moore's is closer right now to what you're going to see at Wisconsin. Uh, I think he's going to be a really good four-year player for the Badgers, uh, a, a guy that has a little inside-outside game. I got a chance to see him. Well, really, the last two summers, um, you know, he was at Wisconsin's uh, advanced camp in 2018. And then in June, he was at their team camp. And I got to see him quite a bit. Um, you know, a really, really good high school player who I think is going to be a really, really good college player. Um, he's a good shooter. Um, he's, he's a guy that can get it done around the rim as well. A really nice body. I uh, handle the ball, uh, bang a little bit in the post, can rebound, plays defense. Uh, so, you know, again, I don't know that his ceiling is, is, is as high, uh, in comparison to some of the other guys Wisconsin has landed, but I think he's a guy that can contribute right away and be a really good four year player for you. Um, and the Badgers obviously prioritized him more so than any other program in the country. And, and, you know, that's a big reason why he committed on Sunday night. So these two players are the second and third commits of this 2021 recruiting class. Going broadly in that class, that recruiting cycle, John, how does it affect the with these commitments? How does it affect the class in terms of targeting the open scholarships that could be available? And who else do they go after now that three of those spots are taken up? Yeah, I, th- I think the number Wisconsin's most likely playing with is five. So, you know, if you do the math there, there's, there's two more spots left. Uh, you know, I think Julian Roper uh, is a good place to start. Lauren Bowman's uh, team at the high school level, you know, Wisconsin's made him a priority. And, uh, you know, his recruitment is really starting to heat up. You know, it'd be interesting to see if they can get him on campus for an official visit. Uh, Longa Duncombe, uh, the big man from Ohio, has been on campus already. Uh, Jackson Grant, who recently took an official visit. Uh, you know, maybe in a guy like Cade Meyer, uh, the in-state kid who doesn't have an offer yet, but I know the staff is pretty high on. So, 
um, you know, there's there's some really intriguing options still out there for Wisconsin, and uh, there's still at, you know at least two more spots to play with. So um, we'll see what happens with Gardner staff, but you have to really really like uh, what they've done so far with with the three guys that they have committed. Um, and then you know if you if you look at the momentum that they have going, you know, good players want to play with good players, and you know these guys will be talking to each other. So um, you know it'll be interesting to see what happens at those last two spots and. Um, Wisconsin has a chance to really make a statement recruiting class here in, in, in 2021. We asked this back when Stephen Crowell and Ben Carlson both committed to Wisconsin just a couple of weeks ago. Can we put it to bed that great guard can't recruit John? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, this is, yeah, I, this isn't like a big, you know, middle finger in the air to all his critics, Greg Gard, he would never do anything. That's just kind of me uh, theorizing there. But yeah, I mean, the proof is in what he's done this month. And um, I, I I don't think I ever wavered on that. I think we talked about it last podcast that you know, Greg Gard and his staff, I think, can recruit. Um, I think this shows that. And it, I, even, you know, I, it's impressive to get the guys that they got. I think it's even more impressive if you look at you know, when they got them, you know, these are guys that haven't played out their junior years yet. And, you know, for a lot of the top level guys uh, in, in basketball recruiting, you know, they'll play out their junior seasons and many of them will play out their final AAU season before making a commitment Uh, to lock them up that early is is awfully impressive. You know, that is, that kind of speaks to the evaluation process and, and finding guys who fit what they're looking for. Um, So, you know, I, my hat's off to Greg guard. Um, You know, this has been as impressive of a month, recruiting wise as I can remember um, and you know for a program that uh, you know took a little dip uh, you know two years ago you know I think I think they're certainly back on the right track and you start looking at the guys that they have coming in you know Wisconsin fans should be very excited about the future of this program with that let's take a quick break come back we'll talk some Wisconsin football of course a 24-15 win against the uh, against Northwestern and after the break we'll talk about why a win against Northwestern is well, a win against Northwestern. You're listening to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, powered by Overtime Media. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We are back here in the Vivid Seats studio, the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. I'm Jay Kokorowski, senior writer. We got editor, recruiting analyst, John McNamara. We have been busy, folks. Of course, we just talked about the two Verbal commitments for the 2021 class for Greg Gard and his men's basketball program and Chucky Hepburn and Matthew Morse. Now let's turn our attention to what we saw this weekend. They officially visited in Madison and now Wisconsin uh, going over to football. 24-15 victors against Northwestern, a key Big Ten West Divisional victory. 2-0 on the season in the Big Ten Right now for Wisconsin, as they head into their non-conference finale against Kent State, coming up this weekend, 11 a.m. on ESPNU. John, 
Let's get some takeaways right now to this game. Not a pretty win whatsoever. Offense, only 10 points, only 243 yards total. They came into the game averaging 264 on the ground per contest. What is your one takeaway from this game? Yeah, I, well, I think it's it's okay to say that Northwestern had a good game plan and they executed it, and they they had limited a pretty good Wisconsin offense. So um, I, I think that's, you know, when the dust kind of settled, that's what I took away from this. And, um, you know, kind of piggybacking off that, uh, you know, good football teams win games and they don't play well on, on both sides of the ball. And, you know, Wisconsin was able to do that. So, you know, if you, if you look back, Northwestern's been a team that, has has given Wisconsin all sorts of problems, you know, over the last ten years plus. And uh, you know, even though this Northwestern team came in kind of you know banged up and you know obviously didn't start the season very well, uh, there's still some guys on that defense and there's some guys in that offense. And this is still a dangerous football team. And I I thought that their defense played very well and they limited what Wisconsin wanted to do. So um, you know, to come out and, and win a football game when you don't play play your best, I think is big and. Um, you know, this has kind of been said a, a bunch of times, but a win is a win in the Big Ten Conference. And, you know, Wisconsin will move forward against Kent State. And, um, you know, they're still a top 10 team in the country with a chance to, you know, continue on what we've talked about could be a special season. Right. I'm with you on that. Uh, with, with that, you saw, I mean, Northwestern came into the game allowing just around 344 yards, you know, total, just a, about three touchdowns with a 20.7 points per contest tooth. So it wasn't going to be easy. And just knowing the history of this rivalry, I guess you can call it a rivalry. It's within the big 10 West. We've seen the crazy things that have happened, especially even within Paul Chris's five years here in the program, this one, this win just added another chapter to that. But, you know, in my opinion, you know, my takeaway, and this was big for Wisconsin, the Wisconsin defense, one is special, but two, it can create, scoring opportunities, not just for the offense, but for themselves. And you saw it in the first game against South Florida, where Wisconsin, Zach Bond has a strip sack against uh, Blake Barnett. And next thing you know, Matt Henningsen returns it for a touchdown, 16 yards in, in a game that was seven, nothing at that point. Gives them right. a little bit of breathing room, and, and you go and you go from there, right? And so now, John, you you have you look at it now, where, gosh, a, a pivotal moment, I guess you could say. Eric Burrell comes back from his targeting penalty after you know, missing the first half because of that third quarter assessment of that targeting penalty against Michigan. Whether or not that was, you know, warranted or not, uh, you know, Reggie Pearson Pearson's I thought was a lot worse, but we discussed that um, last week, but. You see him make a big impact off that safety blitz. He talked about how he had to switch the call. It was supposed to be a nickel play, a nickel blitz, but it was too far off. So he came in, jars the ball loose, and Matt Henningsen scoops it up for his second score. And then just a few series later, a couple series later, Zach Bond comes back again and lays a heavy hit. And now you have Noah Burks rumbling, stumbling, not fumbling, 68 yards for a pick six. And this team, I mean, at that point, they had scored more touchdowns than they had allowed. So that's that's huge credit for Wisconsin in that in the, for for that. And this defense reminds me, and we'll, we'll talk more about this in our next couple of questions for this game. 
but this defense reminds me of, of some of the past ones that Wisconsin has had in recent memory where they can generate the, you know, the turnovers and they can create these big plays that really drastically alter the game. Yeah. And yeah, it kind of gets me back thinking, you know, when we started to talk about this, uh, this 2019 season, I asked if, you know, did they have special players on the defense? And um, I, I'll be honest, I was in the camp of saying I didn't think they did. And if you look, I think Zach Bond is is in that category now of, you know, a special playmaking type of guy. And he's been huge off the edge. I mean, the, the sack, uh, I shouldn't say as a sack, you know, the, the pressure that he had uh, on the quarterback that led to one of the interceptions. I mean, the burst that he had off the off the snap was incredible. And, you know, him getting around the tackle there and getting to the quarterback. Um, I, I think we're seeing a healthy Zach Bond. And, you know, they were missing that last year. You know, not only, you know, a nicked up Zach Bond, but a, a nicked up Andrew Van Ginkle. And I think, you know, that combined with you know, what they had on the defensive line or what they did not have on the defensive line was a big reason why Wisconsin struggled. So, um, you know, they're better up front and they got a guy like Bond playing at a really high level. And, um, you know, that's why, you, you know, Wisconsin has been tossed out as, you know, maybe one of the top defenses in the country this year. Now let's get to some questions regarding the game. Because you talked about Northwestern having a good defensive performance, and by all means they did. And you saw that defense clog up holes. You saw them drop back eight defenders at a time in passing situations where Wisconsin could not move the chains. They were four of 16 on third downs and, again, did not gain over 250 yards in uh, on the day. In your opinion, John, can the offense rebound and is the performance against the Wildcats in your opinion, just a mere aberration or is it too early to even think about that or, or to speculate on that? Well, you know, I think they can certainly rebound and Kent state is a great upcoming game where, you know, you can maybe correct some things, but again, I, I think Wisconsin had a game plan. Northwestern had a game plan and maybe Northwestern just execute a little bit better on defense. Um, you know, I don't think it was anything to, to worry about or anything that Wisconsin took a step back. I just think that Northwestern's game plan on defense is maybe a little bit better than Wisconsin's. And, uh, you know, that's, that's okay to say. Um, so I think that, you know, they'll get some of that stuff corrected. Uh, they'll make some adjustments. And obviously I don't, I don't think they'll have much trouble with Kent state, but, you know, moving forward, you're going to need, you know, better play or more consistent play from the offense, but we've seen the offense play well. So, you know, I think this is more of a blip on the radar than it is something to, uh, to really worry about uh, as the season progresses. I'm along the same lines. I do wonder just how again, maybe we won't, I think they will rebound against Kent state. And for those that have not seen with just what Kent state has done there two and two, we'll, we'll talk more about the, you know, we'll talk more about Kent state and former Wisconsin tight ends, Sean Lewis, who is the head coach of that program coming up later this week on another edition of the show, but they are two and two. They have a, they had a bye week last week. Previously beat Bowling Green 62 to 20, but in games against Arizona State and Auburn, they gave up a combined 85 points. So I think there's opportunity there, especially coming to Camp Randall Stadium. So we'll see just uh, what how they can rebound there. I think the bigger question will be coming up against Michigan State in a couple weeks. That's going to be a tough defense to move on. Grant, you saw what happened, what they did against Michigan, but I'm wondering just if they can return to form like that, or, you know, again, if it's going to be, you know, we don't know just how they'll respond, but I have a, I think they will, 
but it's going to be tough sledding where you have Michigan state coming up and then Ohio state at the end of October and going forward, uh, even, you know, we'll see what they can do against other big 10 defenses. So it's been kind of a, you know, one good game against Michigan, one bad game against Northwestern offensively. Uh, but this, I think there's too much firepower to, to hold this defense or this offense back. And you saw Jonathan Taylor go over a hundred yards once again, in number four all time on Wisconsin's all time leading rusher list. Next question for special teams. You saw a mixed bag, John, where Colin Larsh hits a 36 yard field goal. Aaron Crookshank has a 44 yard return to start the game. Average 35 on the day. Zach Hintz has a cannon for a leg, and we hope to talk with him coming up uh, on bat for Badger Blitz uh, for an article uh, on Monday. But you also saw some blunders. Another onside kick, not recovered. Jack Dunn muffs a punt, and there's a big key special teams penalty on punt return coverage by Rashad Wild Goose in the first quarter that Wisconsin would have gotten the ball on the 45-yard line of Northwestern, but that allowed Northwestern to get the ball rolling, if you will, and got a field goal out of it in the first quarter, which is the first points Wisconsin allowed in the first quarter all season. Do you feel special teams at some point will cost Wisconsin a win in 2019? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I, they're certainly pushing the envelope on that. Uh, you know, you know, going into Northwestern, you thought that maybe just field goal kicking was the issue, but you know, then you, you miss an opportunity to recover an onside kick for the second week in a row. Uh, you have penalties there. You have a muffed, you know, return by Jack Dunn, who if he does anything well, I thought coming in was that he he didn't turn the ball over. And it was, you know, Mr. Reliable back there. Um, you know, maybe not so much of a big-time playmaker, but a guy that you know that was going to, you know, feel the ball correctly and, and you know, not turn it over. So, yeah, I, I think there are some issues there. But again, I mean, this is what you talk about when a team, you know, is playing pretty well on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, special teams is, you know, I don't know if glaring is the right word, but um, it, it's an area where they need to get better. Because like you talked about, Jake, I mean, that could very well cost them a game at some point. Um, you know, the schedule's going to ramp up a bit. Um, you know, that starts with, uh, you know, a game against Ohio State on the road. And, you know, that'll, that'll be a game for who's maybe the top team in the Big Ten. Um, and then, you know, Iowa and Nebraska and Minnesota, uh, Michigan State. I mean, you know, there, there's going to be opportunities there where you need your special teams to play well because it, it could certainly burn you down the road, uh, you know, once you're, you're facing really good teams week in and week out. Absolutely. And I'm in the same boat with you. Uh, I think this – obviously, all the units need to – you saw against Northwestern that they can't have a game like that again in my this season, especially with the offense sputtering and special teams at times, I, you know, if, if those blunders on special teams don't happen, that game is so far out of reach, reach in my opinion. I think Wisconsin on that first, you know, that was, it would have been their third drive uh, from the 45. I think there's scoring opportunities there. I think they can put away the game even earlier and that muffed punt obviously let, you know, Northwestern had a short field drove 32 yards Drake Anderson had that six yard or the four yard touchdown run. So yeah, I think it's a lot, you know, farther. I think Northwestern's not even as close without those special teams blunders. But again, that's why you have three phases of the game and all three need to be on point. My last question before we start wrapping it up here on the badgerblitz.com podcast, 
John, we're going to, we're ending some positive thoughts because I already talked about the defense in terms of my takeaways. You you've seen the, you know, we, you talked about it too, the explosiveness, the ability for just the change of momentum with this unit underneath Jim Leonard. Once again, with this defense, is there a previous year's unit that this season's defense reminds you of? Uh, you know, that's, that's another pretty good question. Um, you know, Wisconsin's had some good defense. I think, you know, mainly you think about some of the really, really good offenses that they've had and, you know, off the offensive line and the running backs. Um, you know, it, I don't think anything comes up at the top of my head, in, you know, in comparison to what this defense is. Um, you know, like we talked about before, it's this defense has been tossed out as, you know, potentially one of the best in the country. Um, I don't know if I'm in that boat just yet. Um, you know, I, I think that they're good. Um, but, you know, tops in the country, I, I don't think I'm going to, you know, to uh, to back that up just yet. But, um, you know, they're, they're playing at a really high level. I think that, uh, you know, they benefited from a lot of guys having to play last year. And, you know, they're they're better up front. They're, you know, they're they're arguably better at linebacker, even though they had some really good linebackers on, on the team last year. And they're, they're certainly better uh, in, in the secondary. Um, you know, it's, I think it speaks to, you know, the, the, the depths of the defense when, you know, your two starters, uh, have to sit for a half and, you know, you don't really miss a beat there. So, um, it's an impressive unit and it's an, it's an impressive defensive coordinator who is, you know, maybe one of the best in college football. Um, but you know, where it stacks up in the last handful of years, uh, I'm not sure just yet. I'm not maybe ready to say that, uh, you know, after only a handful of games too, as well. That's a good call out. Right now, I would say, and maybe I'm being a little bold here, it reminds me of the 2017 unit, and I'm looking at some of the stats for that, and the reason why I kind of point that out, and I had that question, was that that 2017 unit had only allowed 14 points, less than 14 points per game, 13.9. They had 29 takeaways. That was 20 interceptions, 9 fumble recoveries, and they allowed, you know, you look at total yards, only about 262 yards per contest, just a smidge above that. You look at this year's team right now through four games, a third of the season, they have 11 takeaways at six interceptions, five fumble recoveries. They're at, you know, allowing just 7.2 points per contest. I know it's still early and they still have to get to Ohio state and they have Michigan state coming up and then Nebraska in Lincoln and even Iowa right now coming to camp. Randall is going to be tough. Uh, and we'll see what Purdue can do, but they're doing well in terms of holding opponents off the scoreboard, but then also total yardage. They are average allowing just 192.2 through four games. There are a lot of signs right now that tell me that this team could be extremely special on that unit. And I think even, you know, it's to me, it's a no name defense couple more stats. They had 89 tackles for loss and 42 sacks in 2017. Currently they have 30 tackles for loss and 12 sacks. So we'll see if they can match that. You know, I don't, I know they're, they're a little off in terms of sacks, but I think this unit can get a lot done. And obviously, you know, they have eight more games in the regular season to prove, prove it along with whatever comes after that. So on that note, John, anything else that you want to tease out as to what's to come this week with BadgerBlitz.com? Of course, we got Wisconsin, Kent State. We'll have previews. We'll have some articles and features up about your favorite Wisconsin Badgers, folks. But, John, what else should we tell fans to expect coming up? 
Yeah, you know, more from the aftermath of of Sunday night. You know, there's there's a lot that happened tonight with Matthew Moore's and, and Chucky Hepburn. We hope to catch up with their their coaches and you know provide some more analysis there. Um, you know, I think it you know it deserves being said just just how big of a uh, of a night this was, and then you know I guess uh, how big of a two week stretch this was for the Badgers uh, to put a bow on the 2020 class with with Ben Carlson, Stephen Crawl, and then. Uh, to really solidify that 2021 class with Hepburn and Moore's is is huge. Uh, so again, I mean credit credit to the the, the job that Greg Garden and his staff were able to do this month. And um, you know he it, it you know fans should certainly be excited about the, the future of the program. I mean there's the, the recruiting has been very good um, in in these last two classes, and uh, it'll be exciting to see how they finish off 2021 and and move on to the following cycle the next year. And with that, too, a fort course, folks, make sure you guys check out badgerblitz.com, wisconsin.rivals.com for all your Wisconsin Badgers news from the recruiting trail on the field near the rim. And of course, you can also find us on Facebook, Wisconsin Badgers on badgerblitz.com for us on Twitter, for John at McNamara Rivals, me at Jake Coco, K O C O, our intern, Asher Lowe at A L O W underscore 33 and then of course our podcast where you can find us there apple podcast spotify google podcast tune in we'll have some more avenues as well coming up and then our overtime media site too that's where you can find us always and we love reviews and feedback. We want to make this the best Wisconsin Badgers podcast out there, folks. We need your feedback. We'd love five-star reviews. Why? That helps us continue to promote the show. And we'd love to have you guys have, you know, we'd love to continue to build this up. We started, we rejuvenated the podcast back in June and we're just getting started here at badgerblitz.com and overtime media. So uh, feel free, please be genuine with your reviews, but Hey, five-star reviews help us out a lot. So we appreciate that. We'll come back next. We'll come back this week. Later on, we'll preview Wisconsin Kent State, the final non conference matchup for the Wisconsin Badgers before they face Michigan State on homecoming weekend. And then also, we'll talk more recruiting news who could come into town. We'll have more, uh, like as John mentioned, the aftermath of what transpired on Sunday night with two new 2021 basketball commitments. Stay tuned. We'll have a lot more coming to you this week here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Powered by Overtime Media.